Rich Eisen. Yeah, it's Carl Mecklenburg. What's up? This is Ty Lawson. This is Jordan Hamilton from the Denver Nuggets, and you're listening to Colorado Sports Guys Podcast. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Nate Timmons and Ross Martin. Welcome to the podcast, episode 93 for the Colorado Sports Guys. Of course, I am Nate Timmons. With me, as always, Mr. Ross Martin himself. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Let's see if you can keep that up for the whole show, eh, Ross? I reckon I can't. Reckon you can't do it. Reckon I can't. (laughs) All right, as Ross would typically say, and I guess I'm continuing on, (laughs) lots to talk about tonight on the podcast I don't know what it's going to be when you're listening to it, but there is a lot to talk about. There is a whole whole bunch going on. We're going to do a little, uh, before we kick things off, we'll do a little game that I have prepared for Ross. What? So we're going to do a little something fun for you, my friend. Is this meant to, uh, put me on the spot, embarrass me, expose me as a, as a non-sports, uh, pundit? I don't know. I think you'll dig it. It might, might be up your alley. All right. Well, Could be good. Crossing my fingers, it has to do with movies. <laughs> we're going to do that. And then uh, we're going to, of course, talk Denver Nuggets basketball team 30 and 18. Pretty nice week. Uh, last week, full week coming up as well. It's <laughs> usually how it is in 82-game season, right? I don't know anything about the Nuggets, but I know there's a winning streak. There's a little bit of a winning streak, so we'll go over a uh, week in review Check out, uh, you know, perhaps where the Nuggets are standing right now in the playoffs. And of course, since we're still not at that trade deadline, there's so many rumors going around the NBA and with the Nuggets that we got to talk a little bit of that. Of course, we'll get into, uh, we'll touch on the Super Bowl, the game, the commercials, it's, the day. Yeah, it's, we're not going to dedicate the episode to that, but we're going to, we're going to at least have to address it. But I mean, we, you know, we, we talk about, pop culture type things and and to be honest the super bowl is a little more pop culture than it is sports <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah it's like 50 50 but you know we got to at least t- talk about it a little bit but we don't dedicate the whole podcast to it right no i mean and you know there's so much that's already been discussed and talked about that's it's like right. you know you gotta just hit on the, hit on a couple things and get the hell out of there that's right you at know? the end oh yeah after yeah. everybody's turned it off after everyone's turned it <laughs> off get your nuggets talking and get out <laughs> Stay with us. It'll be great. Yeah. All right, Ross. I don't have a name for this game. I think we'll just call it uh, the old mix and match. <laughs> the, the old mix and match. Wait. Uh, now, I'm, I'm a little concerned because last week with Jeff Morton, by the way, miss you, Jeff. I wish you were here. Happy birthday to uh, your uh, your brother or dad or whoever it is. His father, yes. His father. He had a happy big article on Denver Stiffs dedicated to his dad's birthday. Happy nice. birthday, Mr. Morton. But let's just dedicate this whole episode to uh, Jeff's dad's birthday. Episode 93 to Mr. Morton's <laughs> That's birthday. That's right. And, uh, but I'm a little concerned because last week I was railroaded with that uh, quiz. Uh, now two weeks in a row, I, I guess this is going to be an ongoing thing here. A little theme for the podcast where I get exposed. And we had some good tweets where people were very frustrated with you and Jeff not being able to nail these answers. So, I mean, <laughs> that was always good. I chalked that up to my poor listening habits and skills. Because I did realize later that some of the answers for future questions were involved in the questions previously, and, I, and, I, and that's my fault. Yeah. I'll and if you guys that. want to get in and interact with us on Twitter, you can find us, uh, myself, at Nate underscore Timmons. 
not Simmons, Timmons with a T. <laughs> you can find Ross Martin as well. Uh, just enter his name and his handle is Hi Roscoe, like waving at you, H-I-R-O-S-S-C-O. Hi, Roscoe. Hi. Say hi. Um, hi, Roscoe. Yeah, say hi to him. Tell him what you think of, uh, you know, his, his knowledge of sports and pop culture and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe what you think of some of the accents that he'll do from time to time on the show. Yeah, I just, uh, by the way, I gotta say, your Twitter feed's great. I just started following you yesterday. We've been doing this podcast <laughs> for a year and a half. I noticed that, and then at some point, you stopped following me yesterday, and then I think it <laughs> reappeared again. <laughs> we won't get into that, but I'm just saying, uh, that oh. I did. Do you need to get that? No, it sounds like we do have a call on the show. Though. I forgot to hit something there. Uh, but yeah, I, I am following you now, and it's a, it's a great feed. I recommend it to anybody. I got in last night. I was doing a, uh, a lot of Fast and Furious tweeting. I noticed that. I was, I was just submitting uh, quotes from the movie and then hashtagging it with uh, what that quote indicated. And I started getting people uh, sending me quotes, and I was hashtagging them for them. So. It was great. It was, I loved watching that. I, I've only seen, I think, the first um, movie from that. Uh, gosh, they're on six. Seriously, yeah. I was gonna call it a trilogy, but it's now like a cultural phenomenon. Great films. I, I must. I mean, I'm guessing it is good because, of course, you know, during the Super Bowl they had a commercial for number six, that, or the preview for number six, and then Andrea Godala tweeted out, "What is this, Fast and Furious 37?" And I was like, "If they <laughs> good, make 37, good I'll one, see Andre. Them. Good one, Iguodala. I would watch all of them." But all right, so Ross, here's what we're gonna do. Okay, keeping the theme, I guess, with Fast and Furious and with movies in general. I'm gonna give you an actor's name, and I want you to be able to pair that actor's name. With a movie about sports that they perhaps were in. Oh, this sounds fun. This I'm in, dude. I'm in. What is it? Come on, let's go. It's gonna be more up your eye. I'm excited. I'm excited now. I'm in getting in the zone. First actor I'm gonna give Please you. Please let it be Gene Hackman. Please let it be. <laughs> go ahead. Omar Epps. Omar Epps. Um, Omar Epps was, uh, in that movie. <laughs> uh, 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 Love Jones? Let's see it now. Love Jones? Is that a movie? <laughs> okay, look that up and I'll go on to the next one. Omar Epps, uh, was in, uh, uh, he, not, uh, the one with Tupac. Uh, what is that movie? Am I on the right track? Right? He was in a Omar movie with Epps. Tupac, actually. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about Juice. Yeah. I'm thinking about Juice, but there was, uh, gosh, I feel like he's only been in sports movies, but not the Juice one. It was the, uh, Oh man! Look up, look up, uh, Love Jones. I'm looking at it right now. That looks like Lorenz Tate and Nia Long. Okay. Um, what the hell was that movie about? It's, I think it was about basketball, oh, track, and possibly track. I feel like Omar Epps was a. Anyway, I guess it wasn't him. Omar Epps, man, this guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna literally jump out of the. Window of the studio when you uh, when you tell me I'm wrong. He was on a TV show, uh, of course, House for a few seasons. I don't know about all of them, but he was on House for a little while. Yeah, I know. Looked a who bit he out of is. shape. What was the movie uh, with with uh, Tupac? <laughs> the one he was in with Tupac was Juice, of course. That was the only one. And there might have been a hint of sports in there because they were in high school, but <laughs> I think that was the only one that he did with Tupac. Uh, I know there was. Another one, I think the one you're thinking of is probably Above the Rim. Above the Rim! I don't believe Omar Epps was in that. Ah, oh, damn. Unfortunately, but 
I, I just that was the one I was thinking of was above the rim. I, I just assumed Omar Epps was in that one. I just thought of actors, and I just, I mean, I didn't IMDb uh, any of these. One of them I had to for a name, but Omar Epps, three of them that I can think of, uh, Love and Basketball. That might have been the one I was thinking of with Love Jones. Yeah, and I think I think Gabriel Union's in that one with him. Might might have the wrong actress, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. They do the whole, you know, they're kids. Then it shows them in high school, college, and finally in the pros. And he gives up his fiance, who is Tyra Banks, and oh. goes back with his, you know, childhood, high school, college sweetheart. Uh, and that is Gabrielle Union. I think it was Gabrielle Union. She's much hotter than Tyra Banks, in my opinion. I am H O. In my I'm, humble I'm, opinion. In my humble opinion. I'm going to look that up real fast because I think it, I think it was Gabrielle Union, but I'm actually I think I'm actually wrong on Maybe that. Maybe it was Neil Long. I don't think that. It wasn't <laughs> Neil Long. B-A-S. But Love and Basketball was the one I was thinking of when I said Love Jones. Love Jones. I feel like I've seen Love Jones before. It's like uh, – yeah, I was totally wrong in Gabrielle 90s, Union. you know, black romantic drama, you know. Was it good? <laughs> They're all the same to me. That sounded racist. <laughs> I didn't mean it to be. <laughs> saying romantic dramas are all the same to me. I'm very uncomfortable right now. Why can I not see this <laughs> actress's names? Is it Sana Lathan? Who is this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sana Lathan? S-A-N-A-A-L-A-T-H-A-N. Sana Lathan. Not, de- definitely not Gabrielle Union. <laughs> Gabrielle Union was in, uh, uh, breaking all the rules with Jamie Foxx, I believe. So did I lose that? Uh, you missed that one, but we'll, we'll keep moving on here. Uh, the other one, other ones with Omar Epps I was thinking of was Higher Learning, where he plays like a track athlete. Oh, was, uh, and Michelle that, Pfeiffer in that? No, uh, I think that, uh, Tyra, Oh, Higher Learning. That, yes, I remember that. Was that like, uh, Tyra Banks is in that one with him, and then that one dude shoots those people from the tower. Yeah, he uh, was Michael like a Rappaport. white supremacist guy. I remember that movie. Isn't that Michael Rappaport? Michael Rappaport. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. He gets in with the skinheads because he's a total loser. In Was the girl from the Cosby show in that movie? Uh, with dreadlocks or something? Ooh. Denise? Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't think she was in that one. <laughs> she was in, uh, it's your game, man. What's that Gene Hackman one that she was in? With Hoosiers. Her? Oh, no, wait. Gene Hackman in the, in that Cosby show girl. Uh, Enemy of the State with Will oh, Smith. Oh, yes, her. Yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. And then the other one with Omar Epps where he's a football player is the program. Oh, the program. So he's run the gamut, track athlete, basketball player, football player. All right, okay. Darnell Jefferson. Okay, all right. So that was the uh, – oh, was he also in Major League Two? He was. He was. Uh, he replaced <laughs> Wesley Snipes. Yes, okay. All right. See, I'm warmed up now. I'm warmed up. Yeah, how do you get thinking? All right, I'm thinking now the brain is on the right track. What was that character's name in Major League? Uh, Willie Mays Hayes? Yeah, Willie Mays Hayes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how they seamlessly just take uh, Wesley Snipes. They're like, ah, Omar Epps, you could probably pull that off. We're going to put you <laughs> – seamlessly throw you in there. Just like how uh, What's-His-Face mm-hmm. got replaced, uh, Howard guy? Or who's that guy that got replaced in Iron Man? They went oh, with, uh, yeah, 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 with uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah. And uh, I heard it was Same. because that guy, the original guy, the guy from uh, It's Hot Out There for a Pimp. Yeah. What, I keep wanting to say Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely not his name, is it? Definitely not. <laughs> I think you just named the person that is the exact opposite. It's Ron Howard, the kid that was like Opie? <laughs> yeah, that's Opie. <laughs> yeah. You're like <laughs> – Terrence Howard. There we Terrence go. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Uh, they're, they're probably, they're, I'm guessing they're not brothers, but 
you know, they have the same last name, but yeah. Could be. Terrence Howard, I heard he's just an insufferable prick. Just, <laughs> and that's why they're like, we, we'll just get somebody else. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad comments <laughs> after the movie or something, right? And he's just, like, yeah. he's just horrible. I, I think he's, uh, he's like a Jehovah's Witness, I think. Yeah. And, uh, I think maybe they're a little hard to deal with, you know. It little, could be. They're a little bristly, I think. But how about Omar Epps, man? I mean, you need a sports figure. He's at least top two guys you call, right? You yeah. Get him. Absolutely. All right, man. All right. Moving on. Number two. I got five of these. So we'll go with the second one. Sports related movie that this actress appeared in. Oh, actress. Rosario Dawson. Ah, damn. How <laughs> are you doing this to me? Come on, man. You're Mr. Movies. <laughs> You're, uh, uh, all right. Rosario. Oh my God. Like I, I can't even think, you know, it's so funny. I was, uh, looking, uh, her up the other day for some reason. Oh, she yeah. was, uh, in a, uh, she was in a movie. Oh gosh, I, Rosario Dawson. I literally have no idea. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, sure, her character in this movie had the exact same name as Carmelo Anthony's wife. First name. That would be Lolo or Lala, <laughs> Lala Vasquez. So Lala, and she was. Is this? Uh, oh, uh, bring it on. No, <laughs> no. What is that? Bring it on. I think it's a cheerleader. <laughs> it's a cheerleader movie I think it's a with. Cheerleader uh, movie. Kristen Dunst? Is that that one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is where you and I uh, have different uh, different planes of uh, experience when it comes to movies because you're like, Omar Epps, Rosario, Rosario Dawson. And I'm like, oh, why can't it have been Gene Hackman? <laughs> I'll give you some hints. Kevin on Costner. Some hints on Rosario Dawson. <laughs> we'll go with uh, uh, Rick Fox appeared in this movie. Rick Fox, the former Laker. Yes. Um... Still drawing a blank on the on the Rick Fox cameo. Uh, Ray Allen appeared in this movie. Oh, uh, is it uh, Blue Chips? No. <laughs> Was Ray Allen in that? Oh, he got game. There you go. He got game. Yes, Ray <laughs> Allen. Thank you. Jesus shuttles where his girlfriend was Lala, and she was trying to talk and him into going to a school. Dawson? Yeah. Oh, that was years ago, man. A young Rosario Dawson. But I was just remembering that she might have been in Alexander with uh, Colin Farrell. Oh, she may have been, and, yeah. And uh, she may or may not have been fully frontal nude. I haven't seen that one. Well, now you got a reason to check it out. <laughs> or, or two reasons to check it out, I should say. Wow. All right. Not a bad-looking woman, that Rosario Dawson. Not bad. Not bad. All right, moving on. Number three. This one may be uh, a little more up your alley, a little oh, more in the, in the Gene Hackman-type mold. <laughs> this could help it's you. It's an old white guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All right, J.T. Walsh. J.T. Walsh. Oh, I like J.T. Walsh. He's he's uh, passed on, hasn't he? God, I hope not. I think he's dead. Oh, jeez. Oh, I might have to look that <laughs> up. Uh, um, uh, J.T. Walsh. I like J.T. Walsh. He was in a, He was in a sports movie. He is an old white guy. Um, kind of a character actor, as I recall. Yeah, he died February. What? That can't be right. February twenty seventh, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, he died. It was, a, it was a crazy thing. He died very young. Uh, don't remember what it was about. Uh, J T. Walsh. God, I feel like that's way long ago. Remember he was in <laughs> Sling Blade? Had that weird role in Sling Blade. No, I don't remember that. I did like that movie, as I think. Appeared in A Few Good Men, The Negotiator, Good Morning Yeah, Vietnam. yeah, yeah. I remember him in The Negotiator. So as far as sports movies go, man, these are not not easy, Timmons. <laughs> His character in that movie was... Uh, Which movie? In the movie that I'm trying to get you to guess. Okay. Went by one name, Happy. 
happy. Other actors? You want to you want a hint? You want another actor that appeared in the movie? It's not Field of Dreams, is it? I I don't know. I don't think he was in Field of Dreams. <laughs> well, I'm saying when his name was Happy. <laughs> oh. Another actor that appeared in this movie, Ed O'Neill. I like Ed O'Neill. I got <laughs> Ed O'Neill, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, by the way. In this movie? No, in real life. Oh, I believe that. You yeah. can tell by the vein coming out on his... <laughs> oh, Ed O'Neill from Married with Children. I was thinking of Ed Harris. Not Ed oh, Harris. Oh, Ed O'Neill. Okay, so now I'm thinking of Ed O'Neill and uh, and uh, J.T. Walsh. Ed O'Neill was uh, like what? Like he must have been like a news reporter or something. He couldn't have been like an athlete, right? Might have been a news reporter. <laughs> have you seen the movie? I have. I was trying to think. There's a there's a legendary basketball player that also appears in this movie. I think it was an old Laker. I can't quite. T. Walsh. So it's a basketball movie. Man, I'm telling you, man, you you're stumping me here. I got no idea. Throw you another actor. This might this will totally give it away. Nick Nolte. Oh, is it Blue Chips? There you go. Oh. <laughs> remember Ed O'Neill's reporter that's trying to he, dig, he was, dig. See, I, I remember him in that role somehow. I don't. Was J.T. Walsh like J.T. Walsh dad? was the booster that was providing all the oh, money for the see, players they paid off. Anthony Hardaway, Shaq. play a smarmy type of act, like a role for sure. That was him. He did. And he did die in 98, huh? 98? I can't believe that because it seems like, God, is Blue Chips that old? I guess it was more like 94, so. Jeez, Blue Chips is real old. <laughs> I feel like he was around for some better are. stuff. Is a few good men? Is that old? I guess so. So he must have died basically right after he did The Negotiator. Yeah. I mean, that must have been his last movie. Could have been. I don't know. All right, moving on. Can numbers. I just mention something real quick? Speaking oh, yeah. of Negotiator. And wasn't Kevin Spacey in that movie? He was. I just started watching this uh, show on Netflix. God, I keep hearing about this show. Called House of Cards. It just came out. It's one. It's the first original production by Netflix, and it's Kevin Spacey, and and uh, he plays a, uh, uh, a a politician in Washington D.C. And it, it's directed. The first couple episodes were directed by David Fincher, who, if anybody listens to this podcast, knows I'm a huge fan of David Fincher. And uh, this is a great show, and the best part is that it's brand new. It's an HBO quality type show, meaning that it's like The Sopranos. And I'll just say this real quick. If people out there want to watch this, but they don't have Netflix, and this is a reason just to get Netflix. Yeah, because I don't have Netflix. Oh, go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com. We have a Netflix banner at the top. Do that. Sign up. You'll love it. Netflix is cheap. It's so worth it, too. I'm just saying. And there's blue chips. I noticed is available. But on. with this one, you can you can stream it. <laughs> yeah, you can stream it, and the whole season's available. You don't have to get the disc. No, it's, so you can get it's, like the it's, cheapest no, no, it's Netflix being option. released on Netflix. Right. Yeah, it's like streaming. This is a. It's like HBO would have released Sopranos, right? Except they released the entire first season there available. This is a Netflix production. So they didn't do like a weekly. They just released the entire season. The whole, so can, this, oh my this god! Is, this is the way. This see, is how it should this be. This is how it's. This is what we're talking about here. This is what our podcast is about. This is about the future. Yeah, we yeah. are. You know, so go get. Hey, if you're not on Netflix, go to ColorsWorldsGuys.com and click the Netflix banner at the top, and then go and sign up, and then enjoy this. It's a fantastic show. I've watched four episodes. And I've, and it's it's as good as a Sopranos. Are these hour longs. Yeah, they're hour long oh, episodes. Man. Robin Wright Penn is in it. 
Mm. You know what I mean? She's a, you know, a famous actress. This is not like some low rent production. David Fincher freaking deli- uh, directed it. Yeah. I heard, I heard seven. The space he was going to do this. Yes. It's really good. Yeah. I really, have to check that really out. Really good. But anyway. Yeah. For a trial on Netflix, do that. And then it's like four or eight bucks a month. One of the two. And you can get a great option. It's super it, so. cheap. I mean, it's so, it's so worth it. All right, man. I mean, uh, it's ha- at least half the cost of what HBO costs. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Come on, come on, here. get out of here. All right, number four on this list. Uh, this should be a softball. We'll see. We'll <laughs> shall see. Be Gene Hackman. Gonna go with Matt Damon. Matt Damon in a sports movie. Uh, <laughs> he was in a, oh uh, Invictus. I guess yeah, he was. He was an Invictus rugby uh, player. Yeah, yeah. Was indeed. Uh, uh, you want me to think of another movie that had sports in it? No, I was. I was. I mean, I had a different one down that I was thinking of him that was before Invictus, but yeah, that's a good one. I mean, that well, counts. Well, school ties. He was in that. That had some. Uh, like, oh, he was in school in ties. Pink, yeah, right? he was that little like kind of. He was a prick. Basically, yeah, he was an anti semite or something. <laughs> yeah, that's like what his role was. Was anti semite. He tried to blame the right because he cheated. Yeah, yeah. Tried not to claim the crib sheet, claim the crib sheet, right? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of, uh, Legend of Bagger Vance. Oh, was in as well. Such a great movie. Such a good I movie. I love that movie, man. Me too. I heard somebody on a different podcast, uh, recently, like, badmouthing that movie. And what, I was like, what? you should be slapped, sir. That's a good movie. And a great book, too. I don't want to be one of those guys who's like, oh, I'll read the book, but the book was great. Yeah. And Will Smith is in it. It's Matt Damon, and he's not even the star. Like, he's not even the headliner. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big-time movie. Who's the and female lead in that? Charlize Theron. Oh, that's right. It was Charlize. Yes, yeah, one yes. of her early movies, right? Yeah. Uh, was uh, She didn't get nude in it, which was weird because when <laughs> she, she came like on, a pre-qualifier came on movie the scene, watch. <laughs> she was in that movie with uh, Matt Damon's best buddy, Ben Affleck, called uh, Reindeer Games, which was a horrible movie. But, like, she got nude right off the bat in that, so it's like, oh, she's one of those. And then she goes on and does Bagger Vance, and that's why probably why the guy doesn't like it. Wasn't she a devil's advocate as well? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, she might have been nude in that one too, but. Yeah, or was that Ashley Judd? No, you're right. I think, I think that, that was Charlize. Charlize. Yeah. yeah, she was. She did that one nude scene, but she was, like, scratched up. It was not, like, sexy. It was kind of disturbing. Yeah, disturbing, yeah. yeah. All right, man. Good job. You got uh, your one for four, or one for yeah, one for four so far. So uh, you know, about as good as some nugget shoot free throws. All right, number five on this list: Bill Bellamy. Bill Bellamy. Oh, that's easy. That's uh, any given Sunday. There you go. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And Bill was, was he in Ali? Uh, I don't know. Jamie Foxx did Ali. Yeah, was that. he like uh, Ali's like buddy or like, but not. You know, he obviously didn't play Muhammad Ali, but who played <laughs> who played uh, Will Smith's buddy in that? Like, oh, a lot of guys. Oh, wait, no, that was what you just said, Jamie Foxx. Fox. Yeah, <laughs> different played like guy. The, yeah, Weird <laughs> the guy. different, more successful uh, <laughs> black comedian from that era. But any given Sunday, you can go with a lot of guys. Uh, like Terrell o- or Terrell Owens was in that movie. Uh, LL Cool J, Jamie Foxx. Was Terrell uh, Owens a character, or just a cameo? He was the same as Bill Bellamy, who's one of the wide receivers on the team. Oh, really? Yeah. And if you're watching when they play, I think the playoff game, the running back from the playoff game at the end of that movie is uh, Ricky Waters. He used to play for like, the 49ers, the Eagles, the Seahawks. Sure, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can spot a lot of uh, a lot of former players coaching, too. I think Warren Moon was a coach at one, on one of those teams. I think Dick Butkus was a coach <laughs> in one of, those, one of those teams. But I like that movie. That speech that Al Pacino gives – 
you know, you could just, you could go you YouTube that. Just put an Al Pacino, any given Sunday speech. And if it doesn't give you goosebumps, you don't, you don't have a heartbeat because that is, that is such a good speech. I tweeted that out yesterday for the, uh, I said breaking news with the 49ers halftime speech revealed. <laughs> and it was, uh, Al Pacino, Al Pacino getting yeah. busy with it, making me freaking goosebump <laughs> out and want to go reason. play some sports. That's what I've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> All my money, gone. <laughs> Women, divorces. Everyone that ever loves me, I've God. I've done chase stuff. But that way that music comes up in that. Yeah, oh, I mean, man. Jamie Foxx gets pulled into it, takes a couple steps forward into the team <laughs> huddle, and all of a sudden he wants to be a team player. And then there's, was there a cell clap? And one of the dudes <laughs> that plays like the tight end is like shaking, and you can see his face like shaking because he's so like ready to just kick somebody's <laughs> ass. You know, it's like, oh, I love it. Oh, all right, fantastic. man, good job. You got two out of five correct. Oh, dude, those were hard, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a typical three point shooting night for some NBA players, <laughs> two for five. But yeah, a little mix it up since you uh, complained a lot about not having too many movie things last weekend. So can I, can I turn the tables on you and throw you out an actor just so you can play here for a second? Yeah, I'll probably get it right too. <laughs> yeah, right. So here is uh, here's the actor in uh, the uh, this movie that I'm thinking of. In uh, the in the movie is or excuse me, hold on, holding, hold on. <laughs> I got to be at the right one here. Okay. No, so here's a movie that, uh, this is an actress, and this is one of my all-time favorite movies, sports and otherwise. And the actress's name is, uh, or the, uh, you want me to do actress or actor? I don't care. We'll do act, let's do actor. Okay. Don Johnson. Don Johnson? Mm -hmm. In a sports movie? Mm hmm. Oh, God, you're not thinking of like the worst movie of all time, are you? <laughs> Not thinking of uh, what would that be? Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. <laughs> Was that Don Johnson? <laughs> Don Johnson and uh, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I, feel, I thought Burt Reynolds was in that. I don't think so. I don't. No, well, I don't I'm know. Not, well, I'm, I'm not thinking of that one. Okay. Don you Johnson. You want me to give you the the female actress? I can't give you the lead actor. Here, let me give you another male actor. Uh, Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin, who, uh, who, by the way, Cheech Marin and Don Johnson, I think, made a really horrible like. Oh, Tin Cup. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Don Johnson. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. I was trying to think back to John Don Johnson being like the lead in it. You know, like oh, something from was, the eighties or something. No, he was like the villain. He was like the Craig Kilborn. Yeah, the, this is uh, the later uh, years school, Don yeah. Johnson, like after Miami Vice, after his prime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was good in that. I love Tin Cup. That's a great movie. I love that movie too, man. Yeah, it's so good. I Rene Russo's, who you're maybe going to throw yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, but I knew that would. Yeah, that's that a little too much. It. Costner, obviously, that's yeah, way too easy. Very good. Man, love that movie. All right, man, let's take a little break. We'll come back and talk a little Denver Nuggets basketball. Beautiful. What's up, Nate Timmons? Did you know that, uh, that it, uh, uh <laughs> did you know Valentine's Day is coming up? I did indeed. February, right? Now, uh, we've talked a lot about our, uh, relationship with Amazon.com and the fact that we are an affiliate partner of Amazon.com and that if our listeners want to support this show 
and uh, keep it going and, and pay for the, the bandwidth that, that uh, we have to pay for to get the show out to all the thousands of people every week, they go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com and they click that banner and they go and do their normal shopping and thus we get a little small percentage of it. Now it turns out that there's still time for all of the uh, the listeners to go to Amazon and do some shopping specifically for Valentine's Day. Ooh. And the reason why I wanted to talk about Valentine's Day is because that's a, this is a difficult, difficult holiday. Whether you're buying it for a, a significant other, which is what it's very, you know, which, which is what it's most known for, right? Kind of like sweetheart type thing. But guess what? Valentine's Day is more than just a sweetheart type holiday you know what go buy your mom a present i mean come on she you know you owe your mom at least that and that present you got her for christmas probably sucked you know what i mean so make up, make up for up it, for it yeah. or buy one for your girlfriend or wife or or uh boyfriend or husband or whatever it is but here's the deal at coloradosportsguys.com right now there is a banner on the right hand side in addition to our amazon banner that links directly to the amazon.com jewelry store where you can get like 60 percent off jewelry and all sorts of other Valentine's Day gifts. So I'm just saying, do that. Help us out. Help yourself out, okay? And don't wait around to the last minute because that, <laughs> come on, <laughs> honestly, guys, you're going to go, you're going to show up like what, February 13th, you know, and try and buy a gift and everything's going to be sold out. And not only that is you're going to have to leave the comfort of your home. Just use your computer, use your iPad, use your iPhone, a- Android, whatever it is. You can go, but click through our site first. Just do that. Click through it first, get access to really good discounts, get it delivered in a couple days, and you can even have it wrapped. I mean, it's you're going to look like you put in all this extra effort, and all you did was click through our site. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe this is just a gift that you can, guys can give us for Valentine's Day because, uh, Timmons, we know the listeners love us. They do. Not yeah. like love, love, or like, you like, but just like us. Just love us. Just you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They, they love us. They're not in love with us. Yeah. We're not asking for a long-term commitment here. No. It's just, just, you know, just having a good time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> We're just having a good time. That's just right. back. Let's keep it cash. But you know what? Go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com and click through the Amazon banner and the 60% off banner for the Amazon jewelry store. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. How was that? Was that good? I liked it, man. <laughs> All right. We're getting into a little Nuggets talk. We're not quite at the All-Star break yet, Ross. Don't want to talk too much about the All-Star stuff, but is there anything – do you care about anything around the All-Star game? Do you uh, watch anything? You know what? I, I don't like it when – I don't like it when guys are routinely and perennially, <laughs> if that's a word – nominated and voted into the all-star game even though they might not necessarily deserve it i can think of one at one point i think ellen iverson was always like a first ballot or first team all-star guy when he was playing for the nuggets yet his uh performance that season when he was playing for the nuggets might not have you know been all warranted yeah so i don't like it when that happens and uh, so, for the most part, it is a popularity contest. And but I will say this: All Star Game is the most fun to watch, and you know the dunk contest and all that. They say a little uh, like more of an honor now is to actually be named in as a reserve by the coaches. That shows you know maybe if you weren't a star player that gets voted in, 
that really shows like some merit that you're being respected by the coaches around. The I, I, I would totally agree because, you know, the way they do it, right. You know, it's, you can get voted in, right. As a first team all-star guy, right? Yeah. But that is mostly done by the fans. All, in, all not, by the fans. It's yes. all, it's a hundred percent by the fans. Starters. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you're getting these idiots in like Japan and wherever they you hack know, the system, they know how to vote or they just go into the website. You know, like come on, I mean, you know, Kobe Bryant. I don't know, does he deserve to be an All Star this year? Yeah, he's playing good. I mean, he's playing good, but I mean, are there other guys that are you know, are there five other guys that have of a uh, higher benefit to their team, well, one greater thing benefit I, to their team? And one thing about Kobe, and you know, everybody wants to always talk about Michael Jordan and him. I don't remember Michael Jordan ever being on a sub five hundred team this late in his career. <laughs> was he ever on a <laughs> wait 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 for the Wizards? <laughs> yeah, maybe if you want to count when he was yeah forty years old for the Wizards, but I don't remember those Bulls teams being bad at the end of Jordan's career. I actually remember them being some of the best teams ever. That's a really important <laughs> part, right? I mean, that's really important. Kobe Bryant is not leading his team as he has in the past. Yeah, is this guy leading them anywhere? No. You know, I actually saw a uh, a headline today that said something along the lines of. Kobe Bryant transitioned from great shooter to great passer. Yeah, he had like three, two or three games where he had like 10 plus assists. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, we're really, really Reaching. stretching to try and get him in the headlines. But, but as far as the, uh, the NBA All-Star game goes is, uh, I like it. Uh, you know, it's cool. I'm with it. Uh, I don't know if any of the Nuggets are, are going to be on that short list, you know, to be in the All-Star game, unfortunately, but, I, in general, yes, I, I dig the NBA All Star game. Yeah, so the only the only nugget really I think that's going to be a part of that weekend so far is is Kenneth Fareed, who's uh, who was announced last week is uh, he's going to be on the rookie sophomore challenge game, which is the night before the All Star game. They have the rookies play. It used to be the rookies played the sophomores, but the sophomores always killed the rookies. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a rebound championship. That'd be kind of rebound cool. contest. Actually, that would be very dangerous. <laughs> I would not want to see anything like that. So this one is uh it's a little different from years past. I think last year is the first year they did it where Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal are like the general managers and then they they pick among this pool of rookies and second year players. So actually TNT discussed and they're like, "Well, who's the first guy that you would take out of here?" And I believe it was Barkley that said his number one pick would probably be Kenneth Fareed because ah. he'd be the most important player out of the uh the clump of And guys. of course, these are guys that are not already, you know, are there rookies that are going to be all-stars this year? Uh, God, are there? I might be whiffing on. No, no rookies are all stars okay. this year. What about sophomores? Uh, sophomores. God, am I putting you on the spot here? Yeah, I'd but all I'm saying is the rookie sophomore game is going to be it's played guys that amongst aren't. people that aren't going to be first or second team. And I think Blake Griffin may have been a guy last year who played in both. I think he played in the rookie. Oh, sophomore they can play in both. Else. Yeah, you can gotcha. if you want to. If you're really dedicated to the weekend. But, you know, like Kyrie Irving's going to be playing in it. There's some good names in there, but it's kind of cool to hear free, to hear national guys be like, man, I would take him because, you know, this is a game where you need a hustler that's going to just, you know, he's going to be going 100% and guys that are just trying to showboat or lollygag around, like Freed could win you the game maybe. You know? you know, last week we were talking about how they could make the Pro Bowl weekend better and you were talking about the quarterback skills challenge. Oh, I love it. And which, you know, it's, it's a great idea, absolutely. And you know what, I, you know, I'm kind of feeding off of that because I know they do that little point guard challenge, right, where they have the... Skills competition. Yeah, the skills competition or whatever, which is totally, 
totally lame. I mean, who cares, right? Yeah. It's basketball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Basketball is so much about feel and about, you know, about movement. And, and, and so you can't really, you couldn't define a player's skills by a skills competition. But you know what they could do? You know what they used to do back in the day when I was playing hoops is if you had like a, a game where, where your team kind of played weak, you know, like just kind of like you were kind of playing like pussies the whole game and you weren't getting on the floor and fighting for balls, the next day on practice, the next full practice, like if you had your game on Friday night, you know, on Monday, the coach the coach would be like, all right, you know what we're doing today? We're getting down. You guys played like hell. You guys weren't even tough out there. And they would do that thing where you'd have uh, two lines of players, one on each side of the coach, and then guys would line up and match up against each other, and then the coach would roll the ball down the court, and Remember the guys that. would have to go run out and get dive on the ball. Yeah. And it was like, you know what? There's a loose ball. Get on the ground. Get on the ground and get that ball and draw the foul or draw the jump ball, but don't like be jumping. Don't be like leaning over trying to get You know what? They should do something like that in the NBA and just line <laughs> up Kenneth Fareed versus whoever, right? Yeah. And roll the ball out there and just be like, go get it, boys. Let's, <laughs> you know, let's see some blood drops on this, uh, you know, hard basketball court. I remember all the courts I played on as a kid in our schools had that kind of rubberized floor. So that when we did that drill, you didn't really slide <laughs> like you would on a wood court. You'd hit. And if you hit skin, your you skin kinda- just... You would bounce. Yeah, and you'd get yeah. these, like, burns, like raspberries <laughs> from it, you know, if you hit it wrong. And it was like, Coach, this is, I think, the opposite of what we want to be doing here. You completely forgot about rubber basketball court. <laughs> the worst. Oh the worst. It's like the worst YMCA ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, but they could also do, like, you know, they could play, what was that game where, you know, you would have uh, guys shooting? Knockout. Knockout, knockout, yeah. They could do knockout. Yeah, that knockout would be, would be actually would a lot be of fun. Awesome, that'd be a cool one. You know what I mean? These are fun games. Play twenty one. Twenty one guys out there playing twenty one. Yeah, that would be great. They incorporated a little horse or pig, you know, and they did it kind of outdoor the day before, and that was I don't know, it wasn't as cool as it could have been, but whatever. Well, yeah, or they could make the dunk championship or the dunk competition like pig. You know, it's like you got to do this dunk. Oh, you, you got to follow it. That'd be yeah, kind of cool. That would be awesome. That might be a little better. All right, so the other thing, too, that I I, I love the three-point shootout. I think it's it's probably my favorite activity of the weekend. Yes, leave it alone. It's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful, perfect. It's, it can't get better. So yeah. with everything kind of coming about with the All-Star game, uh, after the Hornets game when I was in the locker room, I I talked with uh, with Ty Lawson and Wilson Chandler, and I posed them the question, what would you rather do if you got invited to the All-Star weekend? Would you rather do the three-point shootout or the dunk contest? You know, and Lawson was kind of like, well, uh, what's left to do in the dunk contest that hasn't been done? He's like, I'd probably rather do the three-point contest because I think there's still a lot of people that doubt my outside shooting ability, so I'd like to show people <laughs> that I can hit the three, you know. I thought, I thought it was kind of cool. And then uh, Chandler kind of said He's also thing. like, and um, how tall is he? You know? Six feet. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, and I'm never going to win the dunk I contest. Can th- I can throw that one-hander <laughs> down. but And then Wilson Chandler, same thing. You know, he was kind of like, I don't know how creative I'd want to get with the dunk contest. You'd rather do the three-point contest too. So I like that because I was like, hey, that's one I like to watch the most. I'd hey, like to see that. All right. So pretend I, you're interviewing me. Ask me that same question, Nate Timmons. Ask me, Ross Martin. So, Ross, the NBA wants you to come to NBA All-Star Weekend. They're going to give you a choice between the three-point shootout and the dunk contest. Which one would you choose and why? Oh, good question. Uh, listen, how high is the hoop going to be? Uh, Ten feet, two inches, I think. Ten feet. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, usually I'd want to do the dunk competition, but it turns out that all the good dunks have already been taken. I'm not sure I could prove myself dunking, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could do it, right? 
But I'll go with the three-point contest because, you know, yeah, come on. I, I, there's nothing else I can prove dunking. I'm Ross <laughs> Martin, but I'm 6'3", 260. I, probably, I mean, I probably could dunk really well, but. Maybe. You know, I do that whole, you know what, I would, I'd do that whole free throw shoot, you know, jump from the free throw line. Dunk, oh, yeah. You know, that like. Dr. J did, Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, but like that won't win me anything. <clears throat> no. So I'll, it's I'll already stick, been done. I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. Wait, is there going to be a layup competition? Left-handed uh, layup uh, takes place <laughs> right after the dunk contest. Un- uncontested yeah. left-handed layup competition? Uh, no, I believe I'll Serge Ibaka is out oh, there. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'll just stick with the three-point one. <laughs> I'll stick with it. Good question. This is good. But I found it funny. Uh, after games, you know, we go – like right after the game, the Nuggets uh, locker room will open uh, usually 10 or 15 minutes after the game ends. You know, players get back, start changing, whatever. Coaches have their whatever they want to say, and then they'll open up the locker room. And so, you know, we walk in there, and it's mainly for the Altitude TV guys to get in there and start doing the post game interviews for live TV. And then simultaneously, when that happens, then typically George Carl will come out of the locker room and he goes into the media lounge and does his uh, post game press conference. Mm-hmm. So everybody always goes to that, and it's like there's a race between the time George Carl walks out and does that, and then at the races, how fast can the players shower and dress and get the hell out of there before <laughs> the media comes back to talk? Because after George is done, then the media goes back into the locker room to try to talk to players, and usually it's a ghost town after that. Right, right. Usually, you guys don't want to, you know. Yeah. It, it, let me ask you this. At the beginning of the season, are they kind of lingering, maybe because they want to talk a little bit? Or and by now they're just like I'm sick of the same questions. Yeah, it could be, and because the only guys that really stick around that are usually around like uh, Lawson and Iguodala have been uh, doing a lot of ice after games on knees and ankles, so they're typically around, and then they'll kind of shower. Uh, Wilson Chandler after games goes upstairs on the practice court and rides the exercise bike to loosen up his legs after coming off hip surgery and whatnot. So then he'll come back down. So those are usually the three that are there last. Um, typically you'll see JaVale McGee's kind of around a little bit. Fareed will be there a little bit and Gallo's there kind of hit or miss, but they usually, they're pretty good at, you know, getting in and getting the hell out of there before they have to talk to anybody. So it's, it's quite impressive. <laughs> yeah. I bet, dude, I'll tell you what, man, that would be a hard thing every day after work, having somebody asking you questions about what you did that day. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I mean, if they asked me if I was working an office job, I'd be like, "Well, I, uh, hey, Nate Timmons, uh, oh, uh, you know, it was really interesting how you slept until one thirty today. Uh, uh, could you explain to us the thought process behind that, and uh, maybe you know, maybe like how you thought that helps you out, and if you do the same thing tomorrow?" And you kind of slogged about before you decided to maybe go to the gym, but you really – it looked like you half-assed it there. You know, you could have done more time on cardio. You definitely didn't do that. Why a, not? Why it was a weird move to toast just one half of the bagel, you know, and not the other half. Can you, can you talk a little bit about your thought process? What was going through your mind when that happened? Now, why why is it that you're always doing your dishes – before you eat, is that you find that a better process? Is it a better time saver for you? Is that is that good? But yeah, that is kind of weird, you know. And it's like, but there's also I don't know. So sometimes you got to go into the games or whatever. I don't know. Post game, not a good time to get a lot of cool new information. But it is kind of fun. We've been, uh, you know, some other guys around too that are in there, and we'll kind of start talking with the players now about you know what they're looking at as far as. Hey, do you guys think you could, you know, catch the Clippers? You guys think you catch the Grizzlies? And they'll, they'll kind of talk to you. Hey, how did this team do? Because maybe they haven't seen yet, you know, like 
You're like, hey, the Clippers, like after that Hornets game, you know, we told one of the players, hey, the, the Clippers lost tonight. And they're like, wow, if they're not careful, we're going to catch your ass. And it's like, ooh, I like that. Like, they're, they're, And they're like, but that was off the record. That was off the record. <laughs> Don't mention that. But no, I mean, we, I talked to Iguodala after practice, uh, yesterday about, you know, maybe catching those teams because like right now the, you know, Clippers are in third place out west. Nuggets last week were five games behind them. Uh, going into tonight's Clippers game, the Nuggets were only three and a half behind them. And I think the Clippers may have lost to Washington. I don't know. I haven't checked, but you know, but they're right there. Everything's starting to line up for the Nuggets where they're starting to get into this, you know, three, four, five teams bunched up right in the middle of the Western Conference. That's happening because they are, have won six games in a row, right? I mean, six in not, a row. You're right. I mean, yeah. this is not just, like they've been playing the same way and then the circumstances around them have put them in this position to be in striking distance of the leaders in the Western Conference, they are winning. And this is the most important factor. You you have to win and you have to win in spurts. And, and six games in a row is great. And, and it's probably more than we should expect. You know, four games in a row, two losses, then four in a row is great. But, but six in a row is fantastic. I mean, I mean, this is... You know, kind of exciting, right? I mean, we don't want to get. Yeah, I mean, they were hovering we don't want to around. Overblown it, blow it, but right. And they, I mean, the Nuggets for years have been good. And, you know, in the regular season, this is something we're used to. But you know, they were hovering around five hundred, right? Now they're thirty and eighteen. They've got six wins in a row. That's the second best mark right now in the West, behind San Antonio, who I think has won nine in a row. So I mean, you're you're looking at a team that's that's playing well and getting better. The Clippers, you know, Chris Paul's out with injury. Uh, he's been out for you know, the last. Six games, whatever. He's probably not coming back anytime soon. Maybe after the All Star break, the Clippers are on this huge eight game road trip, and this is like the time when the Grizzlies, the Warriors, and the Nuggets are like, "Wow, we could get up to third, and maybe not even have to play each other." Because right now, it's looking like the Nuggets are probably going to play like the Grizzlies or the Warriors in the first round of the playoffs. It's like if they can get up to the third seed, yeah, they're probably still going to have to play them, right? Because the sixth seed is the same guys. So I mean. It's important to get either third or fourth in my book because you want to get home court advantage, but you also maybe want to look at – for me, I wouldn't want to see the Nuggets if they do win in the first round. Do you want to play Oklahoma City in the second round or would you rather play them in the Western Finals? Things change throughout the season, even if it's just the second half of the season. And if you breed a winning spirit and winning mentality and you put together five, four, five, six-game winning streaks, you know, then – Anything can happen because it's not that big of a difference between, you know, the Nuggets and, and the top teams and, you know, like the Clippers. It's not that big of a difference. I mean, you know, you could go in and scrutinize each player, but the way the Nuggets have been playing over the past week and a half, you know, that if they can continue that trend and they can kind of sell themselves on their ability to do that then there is absolutely nothing is off the table. Nothing is off the table as far as getting deep into the playoffs, but they need to maintain that. And again, it's not like they can't lose any games. It's not like they can't lose against a bad team, which they certainly can, but they have to maintain and be able to say, you know what, when we play our best and we play hard and we play as a team and we have leaders out there like Ty Lawson, I was reading headlines today, Ty Lawson, Leading the Nuggets on this thing, and I, you know, last week we were talking about Danilo Gallinari, and it's like, oh wow, this really has formed this this uh, this this opportunity for the Nuggets to have guys they can rely on in these guys, Ty Lawson and Danilo Gallinari. So I'm saying, 
you know, let's believe it and let's, you know, when you think about Ty Lawson and Danilo Gallinari in any other context, you'd say those are great players, great players to have on your team. That's a, those are superstars and now they're starting to play like it. So I, you know, I, again, don't want to get too excited, but this kind of feels important to me. It feels important. I, I don't know what the, you know, the pulse is out there for Nuggets fans, but this, this six game winning streak feels very legitimate and very important. Yeah, and coming up, the Nuggets' next nine games are all against Eastern Conference teams. So that's kind of kind of strange, you know. So they're not they don't play any of these Western Conference playoffs teams, which you know kind of hurts. It's, it'd be kind of nice if the Nuggets still had games against you know right now in a row. If they had games against you know the Clippers, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, so they could make up even more ground on them if they're beating them, you know. But so you, you don't you do have to rely a little bit on getting help. From the other teams, whatever, but not at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, for the next nine games, when's when's the when's the half point? When's the All Star game? You know, that's about in nine games, right? Uh, yeah, it's coming up here. It's February thirteenth. All right, so they're gonna well, play no, these. What the hell am I talking about? They're playing these nine games. They're gonna go into an All Star break in between the thirteenth and the nineteenth of February is the break that the Nuggets will have. Yeah, so right now we're looking at nine games against Eastern Conference teams. You know, yeah, sure. You know, if you win that game, it's not like you're going to go up two spots in the rankings. But if you can rack up a lot of W's, then that record, the overall record is what determines the playoff seeding. So it doesn't matter. I mean, sure, win against a, a conference rival that can get you up two spots technically. But that's not what this team needs. This team needs to be focused on playing and winning against anybody, no matter who it is or where it is. And then they can worry about... You know, think about that. You know, that whole second half of the season after the All-Star break, that's when they can worry about, you know, the the standings in the Western Conference and how big of a game it is against a certain opponent. But now they just have to learn to win and, and, and continue to win as they have been. And it's it's really hard to look at this February schedule and, you know, really pencil in losses for the team. Like, you just... We've done that when we've gone over like the Broncos schedule. You know, you look at each night who your opponent's going to be, and it's like, man, you look at those teams, regardless of the situation, it's like really the Brooklyn Nets in February are the only – well, Milwaukee's good, Chicago's good. I guess I can't overlook those two teams, but I see both those games at Pepsi Center, and I'm like, God, the Nuggets are so good in Denver. They could win those, but I'm like it's conceivable that the Nuggets could win out in February. Is that going to happen I don't know, but it's like God. You look at it, and you're like, they really could. I mean, but, they're but they're better than these. All these teams are playing in February. But it's not important that they win out in February. No, not at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's important is that they win three in a row, four in a row, a couple losses in a row, then another three in a row. You know what I mean? Like that's what's important. What's important is that they have a winning mentality, and a winning mentality, believe it or not, includes dealing with some losses. You know. Being able to absorb a loss without feeling like the whole world is crashing down around them, you know, and, I've, and I feel like that they are uh, making moves towards that. Yeah, and I took I took away from uh, before that Hornets game. You know, George Carl was talking at his his pregame press conference. He's talking about how mentally tough this team is, and how when they've suffered bad losses this year, they've come out the next game and responded very well. Nuggets got their first win of the season in Memphis. First time they they played the Grizzlies, they played them in Memphis, and it was coming off a horrific loss. And the Nuggets came out, and you almost could pencil them in for losing that game. It was like they're not going to win this game, you know, blah blah blah, all the reasons why they're not going to. They come out and beat them. It's like 
that game against Oklahoma City where they got blown out in Oklahoma City. They come back uh, and they beat Oklahoma City on Sunday. You know, they beat them at home. It was like, you know, people wanted wanted to mark that down as another loss. They weren't competitive in that game. So, you know, but George is crediting these guys, these young, this young, young team, young players for being mentally tough. And it's like, that's what you need in the NBA is a team that can bounce back from from a bad loss or from whatever. And he's like, you know, we watch film. These guys learn from the film. They come out and they're doing things. It's like, God, that's, that's where you start thinking of, you know, elite teams or the mentally tough teams, teams that do learn from losses and teams that can bounce back after a loss and win two or three games in a row. Like you're talking about, you know, and it's like, and you start talking about the trade deadline. I'm seeing fans on Denver stiffs and on Twitter, writing me like, look at this trade, look at that trade. And it's like, God, it makes me almost not want to like, Screw all the trades. Like I want to see what this team can do. Like how far these guys can go and how far they can grow together. But there's that's this, not reality in the NBA all the time. But there's this quote that I read years ago by a guy that I think most people know in Phil Knight, the, the founder of Nike. And and I'm not one to like throw out quotes like this because a lot of the time they don't mean a whole lot to me and they're kind of taken out of context. But but Phil Knight, right, he said something that I think that really can kind of sum up, I think, what the Nuggets are going through right now and, and what uh, I think is important. And that is – and what Phil Knight said was that there is uh, an immutable conflict in business and in life. And I think in – you know, as a side note, I think you say business is in sports, right? And in life, you know, it's kind of all in there. He says there's an immutable conflict in business and in life a constant battle between peace and chaos and how you uh, handle that conflict is the key to success. Meaning that when it, when, when you lose big, right, that's chaos. When you win big, that's, that's peace, right? But there's no way that you can ride either that high level or that low level. And that immutable conflict is what that inner conflict is that this team is going through. And when you see consistent winning, right, and not these huge, uh, uh, like variations in, in, in emotion, right, this huge, huge upsets, huge, you know, losses, right? Would you see that kind of that balance between the peace and the chaos? I think is, is when we'll see this team be success, successful. And I, and again, over the last six games, you're seeing that. And yeah, of course, yeah, it's easy to say after a six game winning streak and in the midst of this winning streak, but I'm starting to see this type of maturity click within the team is saying, you know, we, we handle our business. We don't need to win every game. When we lose, it's not devastating. When we win, it's we're not the best team in the world. It's just that let's go do our business. Let's handle that balance. Let's handle that conflict between peace and chaos. And and I and I see that, and it's making me a little bit excited. Yeah, and it's so <laughs> and, tough too to watch like you know games in the regular season, and you don't know how how close are those match games in the playoffs. Like you know when the Nuggets come out and beat Oklahoma City, you're like. Could that tr- does the regular what does what the team does what the team does <laughs> whatever the team does in the regular season can that translate into the postseason because it's like you know I don't I don't want to see a trade I don't want to see this team get broken up because I think that they're really starting to come together and it's like you know I could see them beating any team on any given night and I could you know but then you're like well in the playoffs that's seven games and you know could you use like Kevin Garnett to come in here and. What pieces would you have to give up to to get him? And would he come here? Blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, could this team, the way it's constructed now, could they win in the playoffs? And it's tough for me to figure out 
or to say no that they couldn't because I, I you know I guess I'm, that's the fan in me that likes to think that maybe the NBA is more like the NFL where you could see these you know teams just rise up and win the whole thing, but in the NBA that's just that's you know not reality. And people I've talked to, I'm like, you know, what if this Nuggets team could got to the finals? And they're like, are you crazy? This team can't get to the finals. Are you nuts? And I'm like, I guess you know. I mean, yeah, I guess I am. You know, are the Nuggets on the same level as OKC? It's it it ha- it's happened, right? I mean, it has happened, and that momentum and that development of the team. And the crazy thing about what you're saying there is, you know, I think I think what you're trying to say is, can the Nuggets make it to the finals? People say, no way, they cannot do that. They don't have the talent, they don't have the skills. So what you're saying is also from a fan's point of view is, well, in order for us to get the skills, we have to talk about trades. And and then that kind of it feels like you're betraying these guys that you've been watching for the past two months. And what I what I think is, you know, which you know, or three months. What I say what I'm thinking is, you know what, maybe you can make a trade. Maybe you don't have to disrupt the chemistry and 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 you know the starting and the majority of the production players you don't have to disrupt that necessarily uh with a you know maybe a little bit maybe one guy or you know or you know one guy one main guy and one lesser guy you can kind of trade away for somebody who brings in that skill level but what happens is when a team gets to that level when a team goes from being the team that can't possibly make it to the finals, when that team gets to winning the finals, now all of a sudden it's not like, oh, I can't believe that the, this Nuggets team did it with Danilo Gallinari and Ty Lawson, these guys who are clearly not superstars. What happens is they start being looked upon as superstars. Right. And, and so it's like Joe Flacco, you know, everybody said, oh, this guy's, you know, garbage. garbage. He's not good. Well, guess <laughs> you know? what? All he had to do was win a Super Bowl to prove that he's an elite quarterback who should be taken seriously. Well, that's what some of these Nuggets players have to do. And I just want them to do it in Denver as opposed to going somewhere else and winning a championship on the, you know, the coattails of a, of a, of a, of a superstar. I want them to do it here and become superstars in their own right. And it's starting to feel like they can do that and they can do that here. And for whatever reason, the superstar players we've had in the past, haven't felt like they could, but I feel like they can now, and this is the perfect opportunity to do it, and I love that. I love that about this team. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is with trades, with bringing a guy in is I might have to go back and look at look at some of the context of this, but I'm trying to think of did a team during the season make a trade for a guy that would be you know, as important as some of the, the pieces that Denver fans talk about bringing in? You know, we're not talking about Denver just adding like a a simple player. I mean, there's that aspect. Like guys are like, yeah, we should get JJ Redick, and maybe he can give us a little more of a boost. But the main thing that people are talking about is you know, Pau Gasol, Kevin Garnett. These are major pieces, and it's like, what major piece went to a team at the trade deadline, and then that team went on and won the championship that season? The only thing I could really think of was the Detroit Pistons, who brought in. Rashid Wallace, but they didn't win the championship until the next season when he was there the full time. Yeah, the answer's got to be like not uh, you know, a top 3 guy, right? I mean, maybe maybe a starter, but but probably not. I'm thinking more like a sixth man, seventh man type veteran that you can bring in that uh boosts the legitimacy. I'm talking about a guy that like our players watched when they were in high school. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like that type of a player that you can bring in and maybe he doesn't start every game. Maybe he starts occasionally. Maybe he's just a, he's just a force out there, a competitive, competitive force that can kind of do that. Yeah. And I mean, and that's just the thing with, I just on Twitter today kind of blew up a little bit with KG talk and some local media guys. Kevin Garnett kind of fits that mold, right? A little bit? A little bit. Yeah. But it's like, you know, fans want, to bring somebody in now that's going to take the team to the championship this season. In some cases, some fans are thinking that way. And it's like, if you look at historically, no, that's not the case. It's not, it could happen next year if they brought in a, a big time guy. Maybe he could come in and then next year they could do it. But this year, bringing in a major change to the team, it, I, it would be a very rare thing if they then went on and did something special. Have in the you considered that, that maybe the Nuggets don't need? A big, huge name to come in to get them to that next level. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing too. Is that's the you know the other question that you know I'm trying to start to think to ask is, you know, would it, would a JJ Redick be more of a difference maker than a Kevin Garnett? Like you're, like JJ Redick would be a guy that would come off the bench that would be kind of a scoring threat that you could bring in, you know, because hopefully if you did get JJ Redick, you'd still keep Lawson, Iguodala, and Gallinari, and that would mean Redick would come in off the bench and be that. That lethal scoring threat that could come in and hit two or three three pointers like right away, you know, right when he comes in. And look at us getting into trade talk without even realizing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. what about this uh, uh, Richard Hamilton uh, deal? Have you been hearing about this at all, Richard Hamilton for a Timothy, Timothy Moscow? Is this a real deal? Uh, I just saw it a little bit. You know, I don't know if this is a legitimate thing. I just had Googled Denver Nuggets <laughs> on the news section and. They're talking about this potential trade to get Richard, Richard Hamilton, which wasn't he already here like last year or something? It is. Uh, Richard Hamilton has never played for the Nuggets, but well, he, who am I thinking of? Who am I thinking of? Is it Richard Hamilton for the for Timothy Mozgov? Yeah, that's the one. That's, that's being, the deal. That's rumored right now. Like the biggest guy for the Nuggets that's being floated around in any kind of rumors. The thing about Denver is you're not going to get rumors. You know, Masai Ujiri and Paul D'Alessandro don't talk about what they might do off record or on record. Yeah, but they're talking to players. They're talking to people from, you know, head offices from Chicago. Right. Who very well might talk about it. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, so typically if you're going to get a leak or you're going to hear a rumor about the Nuggets, it is coming from the other team. It's not, there's no leaks in Denver from what I've gathered from people I know in the, in the media. You know, they don't, they don't hear a lot of stuff from Denver, you know, for the most part. So yeah, if you are hearing something about, but the big name with the Nuggets is Timothy Mozgov, and can they move him? And for me, it's like Richard Hamilton. Like, what would what would he do for this team? He would be that veteran guy that would come in off the bench and maybe do a little bit of scoring. But the thing with him is he's a jump shooter, and that's exactly what George Carl almost forbids his team to do: is take <laughs> jump shots. <laughs> you know, he wants threes, he wants layups, he wants you know getting to the foul line. So. You look at Rip, he's got, you know, a five million dollar not fully guaranteed contract for next season. So the Nuggets could technically use him for the rest of this year and then buy him out after the season, but that's also not a move that the Nuggets have typically been known to do is you know, they typically don't want to pay guys to go away. So would they pay him again? Would they want to bring him in for five million? For me, I'd rather play Corey Brewer than Richard Hamilton. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that. If you're gonna move Mozgov and it's just gonna be Mozgov I would almost want him to be traded for a draft pick and then have the Nuggets maybe use their trade exception to bring in somebody else. All right, but talk about this season. You know, we're just talking about a minute ago. 
this season. this season. And you know, at some point, you know, you have to stop thinking about the future. <laughs> I mean, about right you know now. what I mean? Like yeah. for for better or worse, you have to say, you know what? We're going to push and and we're going to make moves and we're going to either succeed or fail. And I mean, what what success and failure is and how that's defined this year, who knows? I mean, clearly uh, uh you know, getting to past the first round of the playoffs, I think would be success and I I feel like a lot of people are like, well, at what expense does that happen? At what expense is that if we have to give up a guy like Timothy Mozgov who could lead us to, a, you know, a deeper, you know, maybe to the finals next year. But at some point you have to say, you know what? A good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. And let's do that. Let's exercise that. Let's just start making aggressive moves and let's just give, lay it all out there. And if we lose in the first round, then you know what? We're no better off or worse than we were a year ago or the past eight years. You know, that's what I'm saying. Is and that's a debate that we've been having too on, on, on Denver Stiffs in our comments is I, that's the question I asked Nuggets fans. Do you have to consider the future? Because everything's always seems like, yes, you do need to consider salary. You know, I've had pushback from people that way. I'm like, why, why are we worried about what happens in the future? Why are we worried about any salaries? It's the owners that have to pay the salaries. It's the owners, the general managers that have to figure that out. We want to win right now. That's like, what we I want to bring them in. Right? I completely agree. That, yeah. That's a weird thing about NBA fandom is this intertwining of the business side of things. Have you ever thought about the business side when you talk about football? It's, it's, you know what? It's inconsequential to me because I neither profit from it financially (laughs) or I, uh, I don't lose money financially, right? Yeah. All I care about is the, the, what I watch on, on the field or what I watch on the court. I, I think it's interesting that that has become a part of being a fan. This whole, Oh, we're going to crunch the numbers and we're going to put ourselves in the, in the shoes of the, the general manager and the ownership. But to be honest, I don't, I don't have any, I cannot relate to Josh Crocky. He and I are so far apart in our own lives that I, I, I can neither, uh, uh, you know, appreciate his struggles <laughs> as much as he can and he can't mine either, you know, so I see no benefit in that aspect of it. What I see the fans, you know, if they have an impact on it is just to constantly be pushing for a championship. And I see this kind of sympathetic look, viewpoint towards Masai Ujiri and Josh Kroenke that doesn't exist in anything else, in any other sport that I've noticed where, oh, well, you got to realize that they well, thing spent- you, well, but the Rockies is always, they're not going to bring him in because our owners are too cheap. That's what people always say about the Rockies, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. That's the only other financial thing you'll hear in Denver is the Rockies won't do anything good because they don't want to spend money. Right, right. But it's not – but like what I see from Nuggets fans is they're making excuses for this type of organization saying, well, you got to understand, you know, have you seen their, you know, earnings before interest? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. what are we now just like all stock, you know, well, and a lot of And a lot of fans what? are, you know, they, they worry because of the whole – the way that the last – kind of era, the Carmelo Anthony era ended because they believe that a lot of that was ended because of financial reasons. Kenny Martin's contract was so big that it handicapped the team from doing anything. They gave away Marcus Camby. Carmelo left because he didn't see a business model in Denver that was going to get him a championship. <laughs> and, you know, all this stuff that's like, it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's funny because been I, beaten down. <laughs> yeah. Been beaten down. You know, I mean, I mean, I get it, but it's like, just, just demand championships and that's all that's all we have to do just demand championships and we don't you know what uh josh Kroenke, Masai journey 
Jerry, you work out <laughs> the financials, okay? Yeah. You work that out, okay? And don't put that burden on me as the fan. You know what I mean? I have to go to work and do my job just so I can afford to buy the tickets to your game. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you know, you you worry about putting a good product on the floor, and you worry about getting us past the first round. But yeah, Rip Hamilton, <laughs> huh? That's where I'm talking Rip Hamilton. I think you even by the, by the way, by the way, I read that article today, and by and and by no means did I connect Richard Hamilton to Rip Hamilton until you just said it, and I was like, oh, that guy with the words of plastic mask, I'm like, yeah, oh, we don't Detroit. want him. I know. I mean, he's so he's old and broke it down. It's just like he. Uh, no, I think the Nuggets have better options right now. I mean, they have I think you're absolutely correct. Corey Brewer, play Evan Fournier over him. Play Jordan Hamilton. I, over him. I was thinking of Jordan Hamilton for some reason. Back to Denver. I was like, wait, Jordan Hamilton left. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he just here? <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I think the Nuggets have much better options and much better places to to go to look for an improvement than over and, Richard Hamilton. And it wouldn't be surprised that I think I read that article in a. Uh, Chicago publication online. Yeah. Where they're like, we could trade Richard Hamilton for Timothy Mosgov, I mean, a seven and one, you know, third year guy or Chicago year fans guy. have been trying to figure out how to get rid of Rip like ever since they signed him. So <laughs> that's kind of his problem there. And yeah, but that's the thing with trades too is you have to consider that, you know, guys are available for reasons or, you know, flawed in some way or another, right? So you got to figure out if that, if, if that piece of trash is your treasure, right? So that's here's the question. Has Ty Lawson's month that he's had, which has gotten better, right? Yes. I mean, we can all describe Ty Lawson's performance over the past couple of weeks as, you know, moving towards that excellent stage. Now, has he made himself <laughs> uh, available now to for a valuable trade that benefits <laughs> the Nuggets? Yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing too. Is you know, and then like, can we can we trick some other team into trading a big time player for Ty Lawson with us knowing, well, it's not going to work out with Ty or yeah, that's that's tough because I look at Ty and I'm like, man, I like what he does with this team. Like right now, like I, I, it's hard to think of what other point guards you could bring in that would be as successful as he is in our system. You know, it's like he's he's really good, especially ones that were available. Yeah, if you could bring in Kyrie Irving, go ahead, but there's no way in hell Cleveland's ever trading that guy. I mean, that guy's awesome. So it's like, who could you bring in that would be better than Ty and what the Nuggets do? And it's like, but that's the other thing is, you know, well, Ty doesn't always do what Ty's capable of doing. You know? Yeah, and that's, hopefully that changes here. It's talked about so much, but yeah, he is playing so much better right now, and it's, yeah. He's growing some balls. If you just make guys some put big old balls. <laughs> and it's, you know, and, and the other thing too in the regular season, you know, yeah, you got to have your good performances, and you know, should Ty Lawson kill himself for eighty-two games? I don't know. Is he, would he have anything left for the playoffs? If he plays good in the playoffs, I don't care how he plays in the regular season all that much. That's a good point, but you're acting like they're mutually exclusive. Yeah, I know. That's the other thing and is they're, they're not. But I mean, he did show up in a major way against the Lakers last year. If he does that again, you know, some guys have been known to be able to to coast a little bit during the regular season, but. Those guys are, you know, your Tim Duncans who can still figure out a way to get, you know, 15 and 15 every night or 20 and 15 when he was in his prime. You know, that was coasting to him, 20 and 15 or something, you know, <laughs> where then on a good night he'd go for 30 and 20 or something. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's like, well, you know, sometimes coasting doesn't mean coasting. <laughs> what am I talking about? I, I agree. <laughs> sometimes uh, it doesn't. <laughs> just win, Nuggets. Win a bunch of games. Win a title. Something help. Help me. <laughs> what would we talk about then? 
What we talk about then? All right, man. Let's uh, we'll come back. We'll wrap a little Super Bowl talk, and then we'll get the hell out of here because we are almost an hour over an hour and ten minutes. All right, everybody. <laughs> All right, whatever Super Bowl number this was, maybe 47, <laughs> whatever whatever it was. X, 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 uh, L, V, I, I, X with a C. Well, whatever whatever happened between the Ravens and the 49ers, Ross, it sounded like before we started recording that you had a little rant or something you wanted to, to talk about. So I, I'll let I you have no in. rant. I have no rant. I, oh. I mean, all I'm saying was that I, I, I watched the – Here's what happened to me yesterday. I woke up early, Super Bowl Sunday, and I was like, let's check out, you know, the Super Bowl pregame show. And I remember it being so interesting and intriguing. And what I found was that it's just filler. I mean, pretty much for the most part, it was just filler. I expected some sort of higher production value out of the game day of the Super Bowl than you would see on a normal uh, you know, uh, regular football Sunday, right? Right. And it occurred to me after I got, you know, I turned on the TV and I saw this ridiculous, again, I mean, I'm, I'm biased, of course, I'm a Bronco fan and, and I can't stand Ray Lewis, but it was like this, this tribute segment to Ray Lewis and to all of his accomplishments and his overcoming of adversity, which is absolutely, you know, garbage. I mean, Ray Lewis is not a hero to anyone in my eyes. I mean, very talented, possibly the best linebacker ever to play the game, a guy who I enjoy watching play football, but I do not enjoy watching him speak. I do not enjoy uh, uh, acknowledging any of this uh, other sideshow garbage that he has brought to the table. But I realized that CBS is CBS in on the second Sunday in October – the same way that they are on Super Bowl Sunday. They, they, they did not bring anything extra to the table. There was nothing special about this production. <laughs> it was absolutely just as mediocre as they were every Sunday, week in and week out throughout the season. And I find that to be incredibly boring. I mean, I mean, it was just like they, they did nothing extra. And I wonder how much time they spent planning out the stupid boring segments, these stupid little montages, and it was just ridiculous. But then I think about, you know who does it so well is that is the NBC on Sunday night. That is the greatest production of of football of any sport is Sunday night football on on NBC. That feels like an event week in and week out. Yet CBS couldn't even do that on Super Bowl Sunday. And all those guys just looked like they looked idiot. And what was their answer? Like, what was their decision? You know what we're going to do? You know, we already got Shannon Sharp and Phil Sims and Dan Marino and, you know, whatever, Jim Brown or Joe Brown or whatever that guy's name is, right? <laughs> Bill Cower. It's like, so what we're going to do? You know what? We're going to jazz it up a little bit and we're going to add Clay Matthews to the, to the, <laughs> you know, to the mix. <laughs> and it's like, wait, that desk was not. You know, it wasn't, you know, already reached its capacity with five former NFL players. Now you're going to add a sixth NFL player, which was absolutely confusing and, and not interesting. And I just, I was disappointed this year for the first time that I remember just being like, you know, the Super Bowl is nothing more than just normal 
garbage. Like it's not it's not interesting, right? Unless your team's in it, the pregame stuff is ab- very boring. Ab- that's absolutely true. That, that is absolutely true. But but like all the pregame stuff, uh, all that, like it was boring, and and I didn't understand why they still keep going back to the same old bag of tricks. <laughs> is it because they don't want to risk anything? Like. You know, what's the risk here? I always, I always ask that question. What do you risk by trying something new? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, what do you risk by doing that? Are you, are you risking ruining a, a 47 year old brand of the Super Bowl? Is that what you're risking? No. What you're risking is not trying something different. Not trying something different is a bigger risk than doing the same old thing and putting in your same old two cents or, or however much time, the same old motions that they go through. So I was a little disappointed in all the pregame, and I ended up watching um, Top Gear reruns on Netflix. <laughs> and I keep thinking about You should have watched House of Cards. Which I think as well, yeah. <laughs> I had my fill of that. But my point is Top Gear, right? They don't really try hard on anything. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever watched it. It's I watched the American show. version. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I'm Jeff sure. Moore loves the British version. Yeah, I do too. It's great. I went to watching, you know, three hours of Top Gear reruns where they bash America for being fat and all this stuff. But it's still <laughs> funny and interesting just because I feel like they're not, they're not like trying too hard. They're, they're just not, they're just not recycling the same old garbage every, every time, right? And yeah. So I ended up watching that and I'd be like, all right, let's go check out pregame, see what's going on. Oh my God, it's still a stupid, you know, tribute to some player I've never heard of. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I just don't understand what they're doing. The NFL has gotten to the point where they, they are like too big for their britches. That is true. That could be true. Uh, I actually missed most of all of the pregame stuff. I went to. So lucky. I went to Nuggets practice, uh, went out. Nuggets practice lasted for forever because so I was waiting to talk to Andre Miller, who decided to do all this extra work after practice with Yvonne Fournier. Uh, so I was down there for forever, uh, went out to lunch, uh, came home, transcribed the interview, and could kind of, or transcribed Andre Iguodala and Andre Miller. And then I, in between that, I was listening. The panel had the Harbaugh parents on at one point. Oh, God. And that was almost insufferable. I saw that. And then it Why was, like, was old lady Harbaugh yelling at me? <laughs> yeah, <I don't laughs> it was like everybody was talking in normal tones, and then she just like started yelling. She was either not used to having – did they have headphones on? <laughs> I don't know. Or if she didn't, she just thought maybe she needed to yell because the microphone <laughs> wasn't a microphone, I guess. I hope she was drunk <laughs> in her defense. She got but up like, just drinking mint, mint juleps all day. It was like – Jack and Jackie Harbaugh. All right, that's weird. All right, husband and wife named Jack and Jackie. Jack, Jackie, John, Jim. Jesus. <laughs> and then, they, and then they even. I feel like they felt bad for the sister. Was her <laughs> so, name Joan? I don't know, but like she was Jennifer? there. She just trying to get a word in edgewise, but she couldn't. It was it was very awkward. I did see her for one second. I don't know what they, they asked her like. <laughs> Does it flood watching your brothers fight when they were a kid? <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was horrible. It seemed like by the time I got done doing everything I was doing though, I looked up and it was like the kickoff was happening. And I was like, wow, I almost, I managed to miss all the crap. You were so lucky. And, yeah. and, and what's weird to me is that they latch onto these storylines, right? Like they latch onto, you know what? In all honest and defensive CBS, it is pretty compelling to have two brothers Head coaching against each other in the Super Bowl. That's true. That is interesting. But it is not interesting to bring the parents of these two guys. No. You you know you know what? You're on Facebook, right? I'm on Facebook. Sometimes. How boring is it to 
and how annoying is it to hear people talk about their children on Facebook? Oh, God. It's like the absolute opposite of what's interesting. <laughs> and it's not just uninteresting. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's excruciating. It is. You know yeah. what I mean? So like now we're going to put the, the parents on there to talk about their kids. No, no, no. We don't want to hear about that. Yeah. You know, bring on their buddies from college that were in a frat with them or something. Yeah. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. You know what I mean? Like, you know, let me hear, cause I know these pe- these guys hate each other and they keep talking about brotherly love. I know they hate each other. I just, I know it. There's no, whatever love they have is superficial. Yeah. Love just like, yeah, well, he's my brother. I gotta love him. Trust me. They don't love each other. They don't want to be in the same <laughs> room. They can't be in the same room. But all I'm saying, and it was horrible. And then, of course, the national anthem, great, whatever. Everyone wants to talk about that. The halftime show, Beyonce. Here's my only thing with the national anthem. So the, you, there's an over-under you can bet, and the over-under <laughs> was two minutes and 17 seconds this year. <laughs> was it? All Alicia Keys has to do is have her manager, uh, some kids she knows, whoever, put a couple mil on the over, and then she's just got to carry the tune a little bit longer, and she wins. God, like that bet is such a weird bet because it can be – easily manipulated by one person that's very true like if you're not if you're singing the national anthem and you're not making millions of dollars off of it because you've rigged it and bet on it you're an idiot yeah how do we know she wasn't shaving points <laughs> i mean shaving numbers yeah, that's the easiest way to that's the easiest way to make money ever one of, my, one of the funniest parts about the whole day was during the national anthem she's like and the land of the free and they're like zooming in Right on Ray Lewis during the culmination of the national anthem because he represents America, yeah. right? Second chances, man. Serves like, his time in prison. And of the free, right? And then he starts, he's like lip syncing it, right? Because he's a proud American. Yeah. And he starts singing, and the home, and, but she hadn't started singing, singing yet. So he's like, has that stupid look on his face when he realizes the camera's on him and he started going into the home of the brave. But Alicia Keys is still. In that pregnant pause between <laughs> Land of the Free and the Home of the Brave, I thought that was hilarious. Um, other than that, the game was fine. I actually turned the game off in the third quarter and watched something else. Nice. This was one of the first games I watched, uh, first Super Bowl I've watched like with Twitter. So it was kind of fun to see some stuff. But something I've kind of noticed, it's either there's either a lot of people that are on the same wavelength with stuff, but I've noticed a lot of famous people will tweet something or pretty like if some comedians and whatnot, and then some just regular people will tweet almost the exact same thing, and it's like you're did, stealing jokes from. Did me. I do that? Because I realized I tweeted once, and then you responded back. That joke sucked the first time. What was that about? Oh, that was when you said it on the podcast last week. Oh, I said it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was plagiarizing myself. Yes. Oh, well, no, I, I saw Nick. I saw anymore. Nick Swartz and a comedian tweet something, and then I saw. Uh, I don't think it was a person that retweeted it, but I saw somebody write something very similar, and I was like, no, that totally stole that from Nick Swartzen. <laughs> I think it was a media person, actually. But You never – it's a very humbling experience on Twitter when you realize how unoriginal you are because you will think of something and then see like 10 people tweet it immediately. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that was a that was low hanging fruit. <laughs> and the only thing that was somewhat interesting about the uh, ridiculous power outage that they had was my cousin uh, Alicia Jessup, who we've had on the podcast before, was yes, from Forbes, from Forbes and Huffington Post. Now she was at the Super Bowl, credentialed there, uh, and she was tweeting about what was going on in the media room. It almost sounded to me like that she wasn't able to watch the game, that she was in like a just a media room the whole time watching on TV or something. Oh, like closed circuit? 
something like that. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, we don't have Wi-Fi in here, so we're not able to, you know, really do anything. So she's probably on her phone. And I don't know. It sounded like chaos, but I'm sure, you know, they have, if you have a hundred people at a Nuggets game, any normal Nuggets game in the media, then you got a hundred, you know, 10,000 people, right? Yeah. At, a, at the Super Bowl, I'm sure they got a, couldn't have seats for all of them, right? Like you're no, in some room like somewhere. Like in a box, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there was like a conference room. I bet it was like a conference room, right? Or like yeah, there. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah, like Pepsi Center has a media work room, and it's like, man, is that? I would want to watch the game. I don't know. It's crazy because there is so many people there. You can't have them all, you know, credentialed watching it. But <laughs> uh, I thought it was also funny that when the the Ravens got up big. You know, that people were sending out tweets like, oh, this game's over, blah, blah, blah. It's like, did you not watch the NFC Championship game? Have you not watched the NFL season where this league and these teams are so close? I don't know if you want to call it watered down or mediocre or just everybody's great. <laughs> That's what Jeff Morton would say. Yeah, that, you know, teams are always able to come back. It's happened all season, you know. You've seen it a lot where, yeah, obviously the 49ers are pretty good at what they do. They made it here, so why wouldn't they be able to come back? It's not that astonishing. It doesn't take much to come back. I mean, especially, you know, even a three-score game, right, in the NFL, that could be, you know, a touchdown and two field goals or, or you know, I mean, two touchdowns or field goals. It doesn't take long to score seven points. You yeah, because so, you look at the score and it's like, oh, 28 to 6 is a lot. It's like, no, that's three possessions, really. Right, and, <laughs> and, and it's interesting. That is interesting, it's, you know. Uh, that's why I, th- I think it's in, in, you know, the best. So you didn't sport. see the end? You didn't see the, the last possession you by know the 49ers? What I, did is I was watching the game and, uh, the Niners came back and they scored, uh, they were real close, like two touchdowns. But I wasn't interested and I wanted to watch this documentary I had on DVD. And what was funny was I was talking, this I was is not funny. There. You missed the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I didn't miss it. Trust me. I wouldn't yeah. say I was missing it, Bob. But uh, I was <laughs> sitting there. It was funny because I was sitting there with the Colorado sports wife and she was like, uh, I was like, can we stop? I don't even want to watch this. This is boring. I, I, I can't do this. I'm a Bronco fan. I'm not a football fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, she's like, well, I want to see the commercials. And I go, this is absurd. That I'm in a room with only one other person, and the person making me watch the football game is the wife, <laughs> right? And she's literally knitting. She's literally knitting. And then when the football play is over and it goes to commercials, she sets down her knitting and starts watching the commercials. And so, yeah, I wanted to watch it with my sister, and uh, she told me the rule was while watching the game. Talk during the game. Shut up during commercials. Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly right. And like a commercial break would start and I would be in the middle of the story. She'd be like, shut up, shut up. I'd be like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The commercials. That's and I right. kept saying, you know, you could watch the commercials tomorrow. Yeah. You could DVR YouTube. the game. Or, yeah. Or well, I don't have DVR. But, oh, yeah. But then the other thing, today I was trying to watch some commercials. I was trying I saw to watch. you tweet about this. And uh, I was trying to watch it and it occurred to me during the pre-roll where they're making me watch another commercial. So you had to watch two commercials. So, to watch no, I commercial. absolutely did not. I was like, because I turn off whenever I click on a video and it makes me watch a video, I just close I it out because that's ridiculous. Don't force me. Don't force me to watch a forty-five second commercial during a thirty-second video. The only ones I will watch are Nuggets.com. Aaron Lopez, what's up? <laughs> like he listens, but anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I turned it off. But uh, uh, commercials, I didn't think they were that great. Uh, the, the other thing I want to hit on before we talk commercials yeah, yeah. was that last series by the 49ers and the funny thing I saw on the round the horn today. Uh, 49ers get it down to the five yard line and then they basically use four plays to go nowhere, right? Um, it, it was some of the worst play calling I've ever seen. They completely went away from what got them success during the entire game or during their entire comeback, which was running the ball and then 
on Around the Horn today. This is just funny. Somebody goes, you know, Frank Gore on that last drive got the 49ers 40 yards, and they didn't give him the ball once. And on one play, he got them 33 yards. So it's like, okay, hold on. You just said that he got them 40 yards like he was marching them down the field play after play, and then you said one of the plays was for 33 yards. So really he had a 33-yard run and a 7-yard run. Right. It's not like he was gangbusters on that last drive. He had two decent runs, right? Mm-hmm. It was just funny. I, you know, I don't, whatever. And then they couldn't punch it in. Yeah, but I thought, you know, the play calling at the end, it was like, you know, Jim Harbaugh was, you know, people were making a big deal out of that fourth down pass interference, no pass interference. And it's like, look at the play. Like, that was a horrible, like, the 49ers lost that game because on first and goal, second and goal, third and goal, they ran crap. It's like, you know, you lost the Super Bowl not because of a, a penalty or whatever. You lost because you screwed up the whole last four plays of the game. <laughs> I agree. Like you're not that you're I the, saw it. But. You're on the five. Why not run like a QB draw? Why not run, you know, Frank Gore one time? He did get you the two good runs. Hey, you got Kaepernick in there. Yeah, try something. You like, know what I mean? Just let him do it. Do a Just give him the ball and let him find his way to the end zone. And the most frustrating play to me too was the – I think it was third down where they ran the – from the five-yard line, the two-yard out route. So if the guy does catch it, he's going to fall down at the two and a half. And it's like, why did I hate that play? Mike Shanahan used to run that play at the Broncos all the time. And it's just, it's like, I didn't really care who won. You know, I know my buddy. I will say this. I picked at the very beginning of the season for the San Francisco 49ers to lose the Super Bowl. You did. I picked that in August. Yeah. But what do I know? I don't know anything. I'm just a humble local sports player. Podcaster. <laughs> uh, so commercials, is there any, anything, any ones you want to hit on? I want to hit on the Budweiser horse for just one second. Did you see that? <laughs> All one? I have to say about commercials in general is that if you have to spend $4 million for 30 seconds to prove your product is worth it, I will just say your product is probably not worth it. And that goes for anything. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, all the best stuff out there does not require uh, heavy advertising. I don't understand why Doritos <laughs> needs to advertise during the Super Bowl. Doesn't everybody already know about Doritos? You know, you know what I mean? So all I'm saying is this is an obscene waste of money. Uh, Budweiser, I don't care if it's the new flavor version of your beer, which is an interesting advertising angle. This is the beer that we've always produced, but now it has flavor. <laughs> you know, I don't Chocolate care if it's, I don't care if it's Beck's, right? Which is probably owned by Budweiser or or whatever. Uh, whatever it is, uh, the advertising aspect of the Super Bowl is um, the worst part about it. I I, th- I would completely disagree and say that it is awesome because I think it is a chance for people in marketing departments. To have a lot of creativity and really display something, it's almost the Super Bowl of commercials as well. You should be able to be bringing – like you see some really good ones I think. I think you see some creative stuff sometimes. Like I love the Matumbo commercial. That was great. Interesting. We should have talked about that. What happened with Matumbo? I didn't see it. Oh, he had a commercial. He, he was putting the finger up? 
I got him. I don't even know what the commercial was for, actually. Whatever it was, <laughs> oh, so I don't know. It, must have been a great... so it didn't work that well for whatever they were trying to do. But he was just rejecting everything. Like a lady was trying to throw her clothes into a hamper. He swats them out of the way. There's, you know, kids throwing cereal box into the grocery cart. He's swatting that out of the way. <laughs> Interesting reference considering Mutumbo hasn't played for years. Right. But right? he needed something to get back to the good graces after the gold thing that he had. <laughs> scandal, gold, whatever. Blood for gold. <laughs> But I, I do think – I think it is cool that, you know, if you're in a marketing department, how fun is your job most of the time? Probably pretty good actually. <laughs> well, marketing is different than advertising. Yeah, I'll advertising. Just say that. My bad. Um, advertising – no. I mean, you know, uh, I, I forget the name of the comedian. <laughs> I should know this. He was the Tracy comedian. Morgan? No, no, no. He was a white guy. He was a, kind of a a, a, a rogue comedian. He was like kind of a cutting-edge comedian during the late 80s, early 90s. Rich Carlin? Uh, uh, George Carlin, you mean? It was around that. It was Rich Carlin. It was a, Wait, Rich Carlin? Rich Carlin. Rip, Rip Carlin? <laughs> but anyway, he said something like this. He goes, if you're in advertising, kill yourself. And he was like, no, seriously, kill yourself. Because what they do like is... Sam Kinison? No, it wasn't Sam Kinison. It was like a Bill, Bill something. I don't remember his name. Everybody who knows stand-up comedians knows this guy. He's considered one of the greatest comedians Bill ever because he died very young. <laughs> Definitely not. Bill oh, you're talking about Joe Rogan's uh, dude, maybe. I may. I don't know if he's Joe Rogan's dude. I I don't think he's that funny. I, I watched some of his stand-up uh, specials. I thought he was really cynical and Bill depressing. Hicks. Bill Hicks. Thank yeah. you. And you know he said he talked about that, and it's it's interesting. It was a good point. It's good. He's not a good comedian. He's a good you know kind of like a orator, but he's definitely not funny in my mind. He made me very anxious and depressed. But he made good points, and and one of those points is listen, what are you trying to do uh, if you're spending that much money on your advertising for a product? You are basically exclaiming that your product does not stand alone. That it, the only reason we why the only way we can sell it. Is if we spend four million dollars telling you how great it is for thirty seconds once a year, and I'm saying, no, your product, if it's good enough, should stand on its own and should just sell either way. And maybe your budget is so huge that three point eight million dollars for a thirty second spot is like a small drop in the bucket. In which case, fine, whatever, spend it how you want. But for the most part, I'm like, you know what? Why are you spending all this money to convince me to buy it? Shouldn't I just buy it on its own merits? I don't really care if they're trying to convince me to buy stuff, which obviously they probably are. But I just like the fact that you know people are able to show something a little more creative than you'll typically see during, you know, your whatever days of our lives. <laughs> during uh, you're watching. the altitude <laughs> presentation of the Nuggets, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> with Deal and Doug or whoever. <laughs> the only thing that I thought was funny was there were some people like, oh, that horse Budweiser thing, where this guy's you know raising this horse and then. You know, the horse goes and works for Budweiser and they're like, oh, that was such a heartfelt thing. And I was like, no, that owner was an asshole. <laughs> this guy raises this horse and then he sells it to this giant conglomerate. What do you think that horse would rather do? Pull a giant wagon down a paved road that's bad for his feet with seven other horses in chains and all this leather? Or would he rather be out in like a dewy meadow frolicking around? Living his horsey dreams. Was that the one that had the Fleetwood Mac song with Stevie Nicks, the landslide song in the background? Yes. And that song's so. about Stevie Nicks and her father. I kept wondering, I was like, who's the father? And like, this guy's fathered this horse? Well, my sister during the commercial goes, uh, is this going to end with this guy having sex with the horse? <laughs> 
so weird. Yeah, but it's just Budweiser. But that, that horse should have ran up to him at the end and kicked him in the face. <laughs> like, I had a great life with you on a farm, like running on grass that are good for my feet. And now I'm, you know, I'm living in a freaking barn stall and I'm not allowed to go out unless we're pulling this damn 4,000 pound wagon or 40,000 pound wagon. Pulling around the goddamn Dalmatian. (laughs) Yeah. This stupid dog is freaking biting my tail every time I'm in the barn. So people are like, that was a nice commercial. It's like, no, he sold out. He freaking screwed that horse over and now that horse is going to wind up, that Dalmatian is going to eat that horse in another 15 years as Alpo. Uh, And the beer is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, not even good. So anyway, Super Bowl over. Football's over. Quickly, Ross, which sport are you going to turn to now that the Super Bowl is over that's not really in full swing yet? Hockey or baseball? Do you care about either one of those sports? No, don't. Not even that big a fan of sports in general, to be honest. We're just sitting here, and my buddy, I can see on my uh, my phone, texting me, hey, are you watching the abs? <laughs> Guess what? No, I'm not. I might watch if they get in the playoffs. I did catch a glimpse of an avalanche highlight, and I did – you know, and I haven't watched anything this year, but like, I did get that little, like, that little, like, heart race, you know, cause hockey is exciting. I, I wish I cared. I do like watching hockey all. as well. I, you know, but I don't have cable, so it's not gonna happen. And, and it's tough too, cause the avalanche, you know, I've even been seeing Mark Kizzle was going to war and Adrian Dater with hockey fans on Twitter and, you know, Kizzle was like, why aren't the Az bringing in this Ryan O'Reilly, their best player? He's still unsigned. And, well, I don't, maybe they have already. Maybe they signed Wait, him and he's playing. I, I thought he was playing, but he wasn't just signed for next year or something. Oh, I don't know. Whatever I, I mean, it is, they're not giving him money. We should probably research that <laughs> so we sound like we have some credibility. But <laughs> anyway, all that stuff is over. Episode 93 in the books. We dedicated this one to Mr. Morton who gave birth. Happy birthday to you. Oh, beautiful, Ross. Way to bring it out. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week.